Ladies and gentlemen, fourth and trollers, it is a beautiful Tuesday morning. That's right. Welcome back to another amazing episode of Fourth and Troll Fantasy, the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. My name is Noah Selby. And today I'm Wes Selby. And every day I am Noah Selby. And every day he's with Selby. It's a good time. It's a good time we have here on 4th and Troll Fantasy. We have an awesome show for you guys today. It was a bit of a... We got a few upsets in week nine. A bit of an interesting week. Some things to analyze. What do you think, Wes? How, how are you feeling about week nine? How are, you, how are you doing in general? How is Los Angeles? Oh, Los Angeles is starting to get a little chilly now. And that's mm. making me happy inside because it's it doesn't really reflect the seasonal weather when we get to early November it there's still a lot of green outside but it's a little colder I'm enjoying it and football is starting to get better I was thinking how the first half of the first half of this I guess the first quarter of the season not really a great start to the NFL in my opinion but now it is really picking up a lot of good exciting games primetime is getting better and better I'm enjoying football Noah how are you liking it yeah, I'm loving football. Phoenix, Arizona is also getting a little chilly. Maybe chili is on the menu next week for a for for a dinner. Maybe a little black bean Ooh. chili or a Ooh. or a lentil chili. Who knows? Um, no, but yeah, I I echo what you're saying. I think we are definitely seeing some better football, some more exciting football, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. Week nine was not a disappointment, and yeah, it's 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 been a great time. As I alluded to a little bit, we have a heckin' good show for you guys cool. on this Tuesday. Yeah, heckin'. Rated you know, R, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Family friendly? <laughs> I, I think not. Forget um, about it. Yeah, you guys know the drill, though. Listen, Tuesday shows, we go through them, boom, hyped up, let down, fluke or for real. And what might be a little bit of a juicy Thursday Night Football preview between division rivals, the Panthers and the Falcons, Somebody there is playing for the for the top spot being four and six, maybe. Who knows? My goodness. But first things first. Yeah. First things first. Wes, as we are opening up to week 10 here, what do we need to know as far as news? Well, first things first, you got to check your bye weeks on your roster. Some big names for a lot of these uh, teams, four teams on a bye week this week. The Ravens, the Bengals, the Jets. And the Patriots, check your lineup. Make sure you've got everybody you need to substitute in and out for that. So for the news, Monday morning, we were all greeted with a bright and early message from the Indianapolis Colts as they fired Frank Reich after a three and five and one start to their season. After a few years there in Indianapolis, they now have named former pro bowler Jeff Saturday as their interim head coach, which is bananas to me. Yeah, but this is going to be a train wreck. Who knows? Uh, yeah. I mean, all we know, the, the relevancy for fantasy football is that they're going to continue to go with Sam Ellinger. Sam Halbringer Ellinger is going to be the Let's week go, 10 bro. starter probably going forward. Also in Indianapolis, Jonathan Taylor will reportedly be week to week with Deion Jackson as the presumed starter, depending on how his injury continues to heal, if he has any setbacks. Also, Phil Blinsey, Zach Moss are there. But right now, Jonathan Taylor is going to be week to week. Who knows if he will even play next week? Another injury we experienced 
was Aaron Jones. He was told that he was kept out of the game from an ankle injury that ended up putting him in a boot, but the x-rays came back negative, and he admits that it has gotten more sore as the days have progressed. He believes he could have gone back and finished the game, but the coaches didn't want to risk anything. I understand he's the only good player on that team. He should still play this week, but of course, if Aaron Jones misses time, then we know A.J. Dillon is probably a fire up starter for uh, the next few weeks. If he misses multiple weeks also in green Bay, Romeo Dobbs is expected to miss four to six weeks with an ankle injury. Once upon a time that could have meant something now. I don't know. Nothing much happened to that in green Bay uh, and Carolina, despite Sam Darnold being activated off of injured reserve. And despite Baker Mayfield taking over in the Bengals massacre, and he threw two touchdowns in the second half of that game. They're sticking with P.J. Walker. Interim head coach, Mr. Wilkes there. He's saying, yep, it's P.J. Walker going forward Thursday night against the Falcons. So keep that in mind for your D.J. Moore and Donta Foreman starts. Uh, Also in Carolina, Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard. I like saying Chuba Hubbard, though. That's funnier. Chuba Hubbard was a limited participant in practice this week, although it's a short week for them as the Panthers play on Thursday night. Hubbard was a limited participant for most of last week before they decided to rule him out on the Friday before Sunday, meaning he probably has a higher chance to play. Keep that in mind if you do want to take that risk or if you're considering starting down to Foreman. In good old Detroit, Dan Campbell stated that DeAndre Swift should be involved more next week's game as last week's game against the Packers or on Sunday's game against the Packers left fantasy owners a little underwhelmed as he returned off an injury, but that's kind of the point. Campbell was easing him back in after multiple weeks of absence. He should be more involved, should see more opportunity in the coming weeks. And last but not least, Josh Allen. Yep. That, that Josh Allen experienced an elbow injury that is specified as something in his ulnar collateral ligament which means he injured his nerve and it was in his throwing arm as the jets were forcing a fumble now mcdermott said that they will have more news wednesday by the latest possibly later today we don't have anything because it's bright and early tuesday if there is anything significant right now josh allen's status is up in the air for week 10 huge news going forward that's it for the news though Heading into week 10. Now, let's talk about uh, uh, a killer on the loose. Noah, there is a murderer in Cincinnati, and we have to discuss (laughs) what happened single-handedly. Yeah, there's a a murderer on the loose. So Joe Mixon decided, hey, um, I'm here, and I'm still good, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you, because Joe Mixon, I'm sure we all know, At 55.1 fantasy points this week, five touchdowns on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. Most points scored by a player this season. Eighth most all-time fantasy points scored by a player in a single game. My goodness, I could not believe what we were watching. It was at a certain point, it was like, oh, wow. Man, at one point I was watching a game. I was actually watching the game with a Joe Mixon owner, and I was, they were like, "Man, not bad for Mixon in the first half." And I was like, "He has twenty-seven points with eight minutes left in the second quarter." 
I was like, what do you mean? Not bad. <laughs> not I was bad. like, I was like, it's his best game of the season in a quarter and a half. That's so like, what funny. are you talking about? And my goodness, he just kept going. At one point, Joe Burrow went out and they kept Joe Mixon in because they were just like, yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah. why not? Yeah. It was unbelievable. If you were a Joe Mixon owner, you probably won this week. If you're a Joe Mixon owner and you didn't win this week, wow, I'm so sorry. Let us know. I'm very oh, yeah, curious. We'd love to hear. We'd love you to tell hear. us what your team was or who the other team had that you still lost. Yeah. I, I can only imagine man. that situation. It would be if like you had, you were, you had Joe Mixon, but you were going up against a couple of these other guys in our hyped up segment. We'll get to here. One of them being Devonte Adams, because my goodness, I, I dare say, back. yeah, yeah gotta be probably one of the best bounce backs in fantasy football on a week to another week basis, because he had like one point last week, 1.4 fantasy points, something like that. And this week he came out and in the first, I think he had 32 points in like 23, three or 25 plays that the Raiders played. Like it was just like, Oh, it's very clear what's happening here. We all know the Raiders and their colossal downfall. And so, yeah, he had 32 points off like the first 20 plays, but then he was kind of shut down in second half. Jacksonville ended up coming out and just absolutely taking over that game, getting a good win for that organization there. But I think we see what happens when maybe some coaches go, Hey, you know, we traded a lot and uh, and got this guy on our team, right? And then we paid him a lot of money. Let's right. throw him the ball. <laughs> the two right. 17 targets, Derek Carr threw this man 17 times. He threw the 17. ball. 17. Gosh. I, I mean, that matches his number. He did nothing. He did nothing last week. Yeah. Or the previous week before that. It was it was horrible. And and it's just like I don't want to say he's boomer bust because this is not how he's been playing, but it is it is a little concerning to think like, yeah, maybe his floor is like five points, but his ceiling is, you know, the better part of 40 points. So, I mean, you have to start him every week. There's no question. He's still a top 10 wide receiver, but it is so strange to think previously against the Saints, five targets, one catch, three yards next week. Yeah. 17 targets, 17 10 catches, targets. 146 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah. Ridiculous. It's frustrating the week before, but yeah, that'll that'll make owners forgive you. Yeah, I had just traded for Devontae Adams two weeks ago. And so to get this new guy on my team who put up less than two points, I was like, sick. Really glad I did this. And then this week, <laughs> right. I, that team ended up putting up 160 points due to a few people. In that yeah, team. you were like, sick. Really glad yeah. I did this. Yeah, very glad I did this. Yeah, it's just different cadence and different tone. Just same yeah. sentence just a week later. Yeah, exactly. Another guy here, Patrick Mahomes, just continues to prove me wrong, Wes, because he is freaking awesome, even when the offense doesn't look good. Like, that's the thing. On Sunday Night yeah. Football... The Chiefs didn't look good, but man, I, I think we gotta we gotta attribute a little bit of this to his his work on the ground. He had six rushes for sixty three yards and a touchdown. That's twelve point three of these thirty four fantasy points 
from the groundwork here. That's you know, very, those are, those very massive impressive. for Mahomes and kind of unlike him. You don't usually see that kind of running game work for him, but a Titans defense and Vrabel know something about this Chiefs team because, man, they always give them a hard time. And I'm going to say it. If Tannehill played that game, the Chiefs don't win. If Tannehill was the quarterback. I think you're right. I, listen, think what you want about Ryan Tannehill. He's got more poise under pressure than Malik Willis does. Malik Willis is maybe going to be a decent project in the NFL. Maybe somebody can, you know, kind of build him up and he can end up being a good player at some point. But right now he was not in a situation to succeed in the passing game, at least. It would have been Chiefs defense. a heck of a story if Malik Willis oh, pulled it off. Man, that would have been crazy. It was they just that la- their last Tannehill drive. Jerseys. Yeah, their last drive in overtime, it was like, man, this dude just looks lost. And, like, you had a bunch of time to throw the ball, and you are just – I mean, I granted no one was open, but still, it was just – it was a little yeah. rough. But, anyway, we're talking about Patrick Mahomes here. The, Patrick Mahomes, 34 fantasy points. Yeah, and what was so funny is that I was talking to a, a friend of mine in another league, and he was – you know, he was commenting on my game because I lost by five points. And he was like, oh, tough break. Cause you know, it's one of those things where you have a really good game, but you end up playing the best, the high scoring team. And it's just yeah. like, dang it, I could have beat anybody else. But so he was talking about that. And then he was like, Yeah, man, I thank goodness you're Patrick Mahomes. And I was like, What? No, you guys like, like 20, like the Chiefs scored 20 points, only threw one touchdown. And it's like, there's no way he did anything. He's like, No, yeah, he got me like 35 points. And I was like, What? And I had yeah. to look, I didn't believe it. And 446 passing yards when they only threw yeah. one touchdown and the chiefs walked away in total with 20 points on offense. That's yeah. Where did that come from? That's yeah. just amazing to me. I see that stat line right now. And I go 446 to who, who, right. who was catching where, passes? Like what happened them? here? Like Kelsey didn't have a massive day. Like Juju didn't have a massive day. Like what? Like who did he? Complete passes and did I think like Andy Reid was fifth yeah, in targets. Did, yeah, did eight different people on this team have eighty receiving yards? Like, is that what happened here? Because my goodness, this is just crazy. But Patrick Mahomes continues to do very well, especially yeah. for your fantasy football teams. Especially when you see him get on the get moving on the ground here. But, but he wasn't QB one was. though. He, he was not QB one. It's time break out the checkered flag because I want a victory lap here. I want to take a victory lap on this one, man, because a few weeks ago, I said, listen, he's going on his bye week, but I'm telling you right now, you need to go get Justin Fields on your team. And here's why. Here's what's happening. He is going to come in here, and he has been really good. He's been a top 12 quarterback over the last four weeks. And over these next few weeks, he goes up against the Dolphins, the Lions, and the Falcons. And I went on record and I said, Justin Fields could turn in some Lamar Jackson MVP type season performances over these next few weeks. And Justin Fields scored 42.72 fantasy points on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. And you may look at his passing stats and go, well, three touchdowns is pretty good, but only 123 yards. How do you do it? I'll tell you how. The dude ran circles around the Dolphins defense. 
Justin Fields ran for 178 yards on 15 carries. He also had a touchdown. You may be saying, but his touchdown was like a 60-yard touchdown. That's a bulk of those points there. Come on, it's just one play. No, you take away that touchdown, he still had 117 rushing yards on 14 carries. Mike McDaniel himself was telling the man to stop. (laughs) My goodness, Justin Fields. I hope you listen, guys, because Justin Fields, if you have him on your team, probably won this week, except for my friend Jacob who played against me. Shout out, Jacob. Sorry about that, buddy. Um, But anyways, we're going to go ahead and just say Justin Fields. I mean, it's in the episode title, Wes. I yeah, think... let's get let's jump let's jump the gun. Let's talk about next season already. Let's do it. I think we need to talk about where Justin Fields can be drafted next year in fantasy football. Because if I'm being completely honest with you right now, I think I I think next year I would draft Justin Fields over Kyler Murray in fantasy football. I Right now, and let's make it clear, this isn't this isn't an overreaction to this one game. As Noah, as you've been saying, this has no, been, been the fa- progression. Been great. He he's has increased great. every week. And and I think the whole NFL audience suddenly saw him just switch into the premier talent on Monday night against the Patriots. It was all of a sudden just I'm a good, good quarterback now. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready to call him a, my guy for next year. Like I'm wow. ready to say he, is, he could be like the quarterback I have in every league. Like for me, it's Tua this year. I have Tua in three of my four leagues. I'm feeling good. One of those leagues, Justin Fields is a free agent and Tua has been great. I'm still using my waiver to get Justin Fields for now because yeah. How do you how do you look at this and think this is a fluke? This is unbelievable. I don't know if you said it, but this is the most rushing yards that a quarterback has had in a regular season game. It, I mean, Colin Kaepernick had the most of all time. That was in a postseason game. But this is like Justin Fields is going to be. I mean, you're still going to draft Josh Allen. You're still going to try to get Mahomes. You're still going to take that gamble with Herbert. I think people are going to start paying more attention to Tua with Tyreek and Waddle there, but I think Justin Fields is going to be a top five quarterback taken off the board. Don't you agree? I I think so. I think I, I, I really think I like, I'm looking at, I'm thinking of it now and I'm like, okay, Mahomes or sorry, I'll go Josh Allen, Mahomes. And, and I, if I'm being completely honest with you right now, like it's a conversation to have if I'm taking, if I'm taking Justin Fields or if I'm taking Justin Herbert. Like it, it, it's, I mean, it's truly a conversation. Listen, I Justin Herbert's been in a slump. I get it. He, we need to not overlook his rib cartilage injury that he had on in prime time early in the season, in week two. Like he, he is just now. That's like a six to eight week recovery, and he's just now in that spot, and so. You know, I know he's been playing through it. He's a tough guy. I get it. And no receivers, basically. We need to not overlook it. And also, yeah, lack of lack of lack of weapons around him, really, even though Josh Palmer had a really good game for him this week. But it it it, I'm not even kidding you. It is truly a conversation. 
on like whether or not I would I would take Justin Herbert or Justin Fields, especially I mean, especially if we see what happens like in the draft and in the offseason with this offense, if they put a few more weapons around him, if they bolster up the O line, if they, you know, gosh, I mean, I would dare say the poor O line play has been a benefit to his fantasy production, but like it's it because he just has to scramble a lot. But I, truly, I like don't know. I am having a conversation in my head of whether or not I'm taking Justin Fields or Justin Herbert as like the third quarterback yeah. on the board next year. I, if I'm going to just a one last comment and then we'll move on to just two more hilarious hyped up. Uh, <laughs> players i guess from yeah. the week yeah. um if i'm gonna go ahead and, and predict the top five quarterbacks in the adp for next season it's josh allen first and it's mahomes second and then it's jalen hurts third and then i think it may be it's and then it's either i think tua or fields yeah or I herbert think, but i yeah. think it's those three those are then, gonna be the top basically six. justin fields is right there and Everybody yeah. else is just going to have to hope because this is the, and then Kyler Murray's in that conversation too, for top 10, but not top five, but this is the yeah, point. A rushing yard is worth more than a passing yard. A rushing touchdown is worth more than a passing touchdown. This is why Justin Fields walked away with over 40 points. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Lamar I, Jackson too. I mean, you know, you see, you, you Hertz, get it, but. Hertz escaped my mind and I, and I, I hadn't thought of him, but yeah, I mean, I think, you're on there. I think that's, you know, I think the top six, I think you still go, I think for top two, I think you still go Allen, you still go Mahomes. And then whether it's Hertz, Fields, Herbert, or Tua. Or Lamar like, Jackson. Or Lamar somewhere. You know, like Those are like top eight right there. And Those or, are or your fantasy quarterbacks for next season. Yeah, there you go. Those are your Re best. Take them when you can, because my goodness, those are going to be the guys. Justin Fields has been awesome. It's not going to slow down. I, I I wanted to take a look real quick because I, you know, I almost made a joke when I was talking about fields um, a few episodes ago saying, you know, he's only progressing up, you know, 17 points, 18 points, 23, 26. And I was like, you know what? Against Miami 30 plus, here we go. And, and he now went for 42 plus. So, so all right, Detroit, are you going to let him score 50? Cause I, gonna be I guess we'll the... see. I don't know what's happening. He's just going <laughs> to progress upward. He's going to ascend the rest of the season. I don't Amazing. know. But, Justin Fields is awesome. If you had him on your team, you're happy for sure. Absolutely. Wes, a couple of the people you just said, you know, players, maybe just hilarious, but some Patriots, you know, special teamers and kickers and <laughs> the Patriots even scored 26 points. <laughs> they Jeez. sacked Sam Ellinger nine oh times. Gosh. No wonder they, scored they a, fired they had a pick six. Yeah. They only allowed three points. They had, you know, they barely let the Colts move the ball. I, this just looks rough for this whole this whole Colts team. Patriots defense took advantage. That might be the new streaming option. The new streaming option for defenses might be, all right, who are the Colts playing? Let's go pick up whoever they're playing. That's against. a fair point. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, and then kicker Nick Folk. He had 21 or 23 points last week, 17 points this week. Back to back, back to back, hyped up segment for Nick <laughs> Folk. Let's go, baby, dude! Come for on. real, Fluger, for real, for real, for real. He's unlimited. <laughs> Gross. As yeah. always, yeah, that was a good segue because as always, we can't stay too happy for too long on Tuesdays. We got to get a little sad and let down. But you guys let us down this week, Dante Foreman. After such a 
solid first two games as a workhorse back for for the Panthers. He just he he fell off. And listen, I'm not necessarily going to blame him. They were down heavily yeah. this whole game. <laughs> And he is not the PPR machine, and he still had three targets in this game, which is like a maybe a season high for him. But just 4.1 fantasy points for Deontay Foreman. You know, they barely ran the ball just because they were down so much they needed to. I think whenever he even, was 35 nothing at half. Yeah. I think you and so. Chubba Hubbard is back. You know, I think Foreman is still the guy. I think they even rested Foreman a little bit, and the Panthers. Uh, Panthers rookie running back. Uh, I don't remember his first name. Uh, the rookie running back Blackshear, I believe, is his last name. Raheem Blackshear. Raheem Blackshear. There it is. Yeah, yeah he snuck um, one in for a touchdown. He got one in the end zone. Yeah. So I think they were just giving him. They were like, you know what? We're we're down so much, and you know, we still think Foreman is our is our lead guy and has the hot hand. So yeah, let's put in our backups. Baker, go in. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Man, music to my ears hearing Baker backup go in. I love it. Um. Looking forward to seeing what Deontay Foreman can do on Thursday against the Falcons. Wes, I think you'll talk about him in a little bit here, but, um, you know, we saw him exploding against the Falcons just two weeks ago. Weird schedule here, by the way. To play the same team two times in three weeks, real strange, but it's going to be interesting to watch that on primetime. Another Panther, DJ Moore, just 4.4 points. That one's a little more surprising to me because if they're throwing the football, you'd think this – DJ Moore, who's exploded onto the scene over the past two weeks, would have, you know, you know, maybe ripped his helmet off again, but he didn't. <laughs> Just four point <laughs> yeah, four it's a points. Weird one. Yeah, I don't want to call it a wash because it was a blowout, but it was like, you know, Raheem Blackshear, like you said, got in the end zone. Terrence Marshall Jr. got into the end zone. Um, you know, six targets is still fine, I think. I thought we'd see a little more from DJ Moore, especially in just such a blowout, but <sighs> just let down you know, by the Panthers yeah. in general. <laughs> I'm still rooting for the PJ Walker Cinderella story here. So I'm going to hope for hope for the best for him on Thursday night football this upcoming week on Amazon Prime. Thanks, Bezos. Thanks, Bezos. You know, the guy who let us down, a my guy, Mike Evans, just nine fantasy points in. God, what had to have been the worst? It's got to be. I, I haven't done the math or the research on this. It's got to have been the the worst game from the previous two Super Bowl winning teams in history. It's, I can't imagine there's it's a worse these, matchup. Those two teams are so bad. And at the post game press conference, Brady walked up and went, "That awesome." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm sure it was because." <laughs> You saved your fantasy day pretty much with 60 yards and a touchdown on the last drive of the game. Because apparently yeah. then Tom remembers how to play football. Gosh, it was just so ridiculous. But the, Mike Evans, I mean, just let down. He still 11 had 11 targets. targets. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was just going to say. He still had 11 targets. So, you know what? Maybe maybe Jalen Ramsey was in a, you know, more of a more more of a lockdown mode than he usually can be. Um you know, maybe he just locked up Mike Evans a little bit, but I'm not going to lie to you. This game was pretty much a little bit of a snooze fest. I was much more enjoying watching this next guy on our letdown list, even though he let us down. Still getting to watch the Arizona Cardinals and DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins had a great start to the game. You know, he had three catches for 30-something yards and a touchdown on, like, the first couple drives. And as a DeAndre Hopkins owner, I was hyped up. 
Yeah. I was like, here we go. Another third straight week of a D hop is back and he's him game. <laughs> and then the Seahawks were like, Oh no, we're going to cover him. Just so you know. Uh, and it turned into the Rondell Moore show. And so DeAndre Hopkins just finished with just 13.6 fantasy points. You know what? Mate, I don't think he's been overproducing, but he has definitely been a, a really good, really, really good player for your fantasy teams. You know, 13.6 isn't like a, a losing performance. Just let down. Just let down. Based yeah, off after, the past two games. after monster games, it's just exactly. like, oh, a little back to reality. But it's nice to know that's the floor. Yeah, I will say thanks, Robbie Anderson, for not being set on a play because DeAndre Hopkins actually scored a second touchdown, but it got called back to penalty yes, for I, a legal formation because Robbie Anderson wasn't set on the play. So that was disappointing as well. Could Ruined definitely it. help the fantasy game a little bit from DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. You said it was the Rondell Moore show, and it really was because he had 10 targets, but yeah, it, it wasn't like Rondell Moore stole the game. Oh, he didn't had, explode. Like, 20 something points. No, he said 15 points. Yeah. It just ended up being when the past we've seen in these past two weeks, we've seen from Hopkins of these really good games. Hopkins has been the guy to stretch to, to, to get the first downs to, to get those, you know, 12 to 18 yard catches for first downs and move the ball and stuff like that. The Seahawks shut that down and Rondell Moore found space and became that guy for, for the Cardinals. And he ended up, getting some of that work that DeAndre Hopkins had been getting. Uh, they take on the Rams next week. It's going to be an interesting game. We remember what happened in the playoffs of those two teams. Going to be oh, a fun yeah. one to watch there, especially if Ramsey is playing on Hopkins. We'll see how that goes for sure. One real quick um, thing for uh, for the Seahawks, a little, a little off topic, but it's hilarious because before this season started, I have a friend who I don't think thinks before he speaks. And so he walked up to me and he was like, <laughs> Hey man, I bet you that the Seattle Seahawks will have more wins than the Miami Dolphins. And I did, I have never shaken someone's hand faster. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I have Tyreek Hill. Now I, I take this bet. And we bet dinner. And I was like, sweet. And then after like two games, he was like, let's make it halfway through the season. And I was like, that's fine. I'm still going to get dinner. Nobody's winning because the Seahawks are also six and three. I'm yeah. so impressed with all of them. This is a new and kudos to Pete Carroll. I wish he could be second coach of the year. They're probably going to give it to Siriano or, or somebody else. Siriani like, or Dable or somebody like that. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, those Seahawks are fly, fly Seahawks, fly, fly Seahawks, fly 12th man. The Let's Eagles go. Mantra for that. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> right. Last Another letdown let, player. Let's yeah, talk about him. Yeah. Last letdown. Just because, again, I mean, you know, Stan and Seagull digits is never great. Alvin Kamara, 9.2 fantasy points. Didn't seem to be really involved in this game. Dalton wasn't really looking at him as far as the passing game goes. Only four targets. He's gotten, I think, over six over the last two or three games. And so wasn't really involved there. Couldn't really find much on the ground. Just three yards of carry. Only nine carries, too. I think they were just passing the ball. and. Um, you know, a little bit disappointing there just based off of Alvin Kamara's previous performance where he yeah. a hat you know trick I, of touchdowns. You, you know, know I so. think it was. I think uh because the Ravens got Roquan Smith, who leads the NFL in tackles. And it, they have a really good defense now. <laughs> it may be. It may be. I've got certain opinions on that trade. You know, Roquan Smith is on the last year of his contract. And so essentially. 
I think the Ravens need to pay a certain quarterback a lot of money if they want to keep him around. Mm. And Roquan Smith is going to be looking mm. for an extension. So I don't know what's going to happen financially for that team in the offseason. But if the Ravens think, you know, if, if worst case scenario, the Ravens say, you know what, we'll take a seven game rental on Roquan Smith. He's going to win us the Super Bowl. Hey, power to you. Power yeah, to you. Pans out. Yeah. Yeah. Power to you. But I'm just a little bit let down 9.2 fantasy points. That's it, though, for hyped up and let down. No one, not a ton of people going crazy hot. Not a ton of people really letting us down. Bunch of people in the middle there. Bunch of solid weeks. We were just talking about that before the show, Wes. Bunch of solid weeks from players. Definitely. But we got to figure out some of these players in solid weeks because with the fantasy playoffs on the horizon, we got to evaluate who is fluke or for real West. Let's fly through here with the good section of fluke or for real. These good yeah. performances we got to analyze. Curtis Samuel is going to start us off here with 17.1 fantasy points and a crazy long touchdown that I didn't think was a touchdown. <laughs> I swore he got touched on the ground, but he did not. And he got up and he got into the end zone, but 17.1 fantasy points for Curtis Samuel fluke or for real. Yeah, thanks to the ref. That really helped. It was probably yeah. getting picked off, but I mean, he still caught it. It was still incredible. But regardless, I say it's a fluke. And yeah. there was a time when he was for real. And that was more with Carson Wentz at the start of the season. But now yeah. Heineke's in and it's Scary Terry show. And I was looking at it. I was looking at the stats because I was trying to think, think like, why, why am I underwhelmed by this awesome touchdown? Well, he had four targets. Curtis Samuel, four targets compared to Terry McLaurin's nine targets. And Curtis Samuel gained 49 of those yards, 49 of his 65 yards off of that one touchdown catch. He essentially scored 12 of his 17 points or one play. Yeah. Unsustainable. That's a fluke. I'm sorry. Yeah. His opportunities have gone way down with Heineke under center. Heineke has the rapport with McLaurin. Doesn't have that rapport with Curtis Samuel. He didn't build that rapport with Curtis Samuel in training camp. So Curtis Samuel, a bit of a fluke here. He he's been riding around like that 12 point mark. So if you need him for a flex, you know, I had to play him this week. Wasn't disappointed by, you know, by the long touchdown. He got me a good amount of points there in my flex spot, but uh, yeah, he he's made his way out of my starting lineup, which is a bummer because I, at the beginning of the year, I really said he might be the waiver out of the year. Uh, he as was far for as a things bit. go and he was I for a bit, it. but, but with what, without Wentz, it's not looking too good. A couple of yeah. Jets running backs here. Michael Carter with 15.6 fantasy points and James Robinson with 13.3 fantasy points. What do we do in this backfield? I feel like it's a committee, but what are fluker for real on these guys? Yeah, I I'm more inclined to start Michael Carter than I am James Robinson. Just it's, it's a very, it's not a huge difference in the snap count. Michael Carter saw 52% snap count. James Robinson saw 42% snap count. I like that. They each got a touchdown, but I like Michael Carter's production more. So I think James Robinson could be for real, but I am I like Michael Carter more. 12 carries, 60 or 76 yards, and a touchdown. James Robinson had 13 carries, but it was just 48 yards and no touchdowns. And he had like he had an easy walk-in reception for a touchdown, which is nice to get the bonus points for PPR. But I like Michael Carter more. Do you agree, Noah? Who do you like more? I think I like Michael Carter more as it stands right now. The Bills defense isn't a walk in the park. And last week, James Robinson wasn't familiar enough with the playbook. James Robinson was also a game time decision. I am interested to see that James Robinson had one more carry than Michael Carter. And he had more targets than Michael Carter. 
Yeah. Even on a lesser snap count. It's I got to see it for one more week. I got to see what plays out here. I think either of them is a viable flex right now, but it's, it's interesting. You said, you know, they both scored, which helped both of their days tremendously because if they didn't score, James Robinson is looking at a 7.3 point game and Michael Carter is looking at a 9.6 point game. And both of those were like, well, put them on your bench. They don't belong in your lineup, <laughs> right. you know, like, so it's like, you know what, maybe they're a touchdown dependent flex, but I think either one could, could get you a decent flex play if you needed it to. I mean, yeah, like I said, I'm just gonna need to see one more week. I got to see one more week and figure it out there, but I agree. Definitely something to monitor in the jets backfield. Christian Kirk though, seemed to resurge back to his weeks one through three or four type production here. Yeah. 1.6 fantasy points in the, Jaguars come back against the Raiders. Fluker for real here. Oh, for real. I'm relieved. I missed him. I you love he's him. back. I think he's back. And and you All know right. what? Against the, the Giants, he did really well. And that was back in week seven. And he was one yard short from having another touchdown. It was an incredible stand by the Giants. I like it, though, because I think Trevor Lawrence is building this great chemistry with Christian Kirk. And we saw at the start of the season, they've been in a big slump. And I think now they've got another win. They're just going to keep rebuilding. Travis Etienne, my goodness, goodness. is playing great, too. So they have a solid ground game. They have a solid wide receiver. Evan Ingram is nothing anymore. So let's just focus on Christian Kirk. Maybe Zay Jones steals a, a catch or two, maybe a touchdown, but I like it with Christian Kirk. I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this kind of production going forward. Watch out for Calvin Ridley too. Oh, watch next the, year? I don't know out. if Christian Kirk does this. <laughs> we'll see. They paid him. They paid him enough money to have to continue to do this. So we'll have to wait and see. There's a new charger, new chargers wide receiver on the block, though, and that's Josh Palmer. 18.6 <sighs> fantasy points, fluker for real, Wes. Without Keenan Allen, without Mike Williams, yeah, this is for real. Book it. Yeah, this is for real say. without those two guys. <laughs> he had 10 targets in this game, led the team in targets. Uh, listen, the, the Falcons' pass defense is not very good, but it's still, if nobody else is on this team, you know, we, we thought maybe Gerald Everett gets some good work. Gerald Everett, Gerald Everett still did fine, but he was uh, third on the, in targets on the team behind Palmer and Eckler. Uh, I like Joshua Palmer as long as these other receivers are out. I mean, even just one of them, even just one of them, you know, until they get both those guys back. I think Josh Palmer is a flex play, a solid flex play at worst after a performance like this with 10 targets in the game. I, I agree. Like over hundred, over a hundred yards receiving. That is, yeah. that is no fluke. And that's off yeah. eight catches too. That's not some long bomb that just made it a hundred yards. That is an honest, hard work. And it ain't, it ain't much, but it's it's good work. Kind yeah, of that's a, that's 106 a, yards. You know, pack pack the dip in the front lip and you uh, right. <laughs> you know, you know, one of those one of those performances there. Right. Two more guys here. Alan Lazard with 18.7 points. Are we starting a are we starting a Packers skill player? Are we happy with this? Luke for real? If you have a double flex league, I think. Or we're in like a 14 team league, yeah. maybe. I think he is the the top target. In Green Bay, and especially yeah, especially if Aaron Dobbs Jones misses time, and Romeo Dobbs missing time too. Yeah, yeah I mean, but I, I, I'm not. Uh, four catches is four catches is not a lot. Ten targets is a lot, but when you are catching less than half of the targets, that's concerning. And the whole Packers offense is concerning. So I think it's I think it's for real. If you if you need another like 
11 points in your double flex or something, but uh, I'm, I'm not looking to start him, but I think you can depend on stats like this. Yeah, I agree. He had a long touchdown. If that play doesn't happen, uh, you know, he has a much worse fancy day there, but it did happen. So he helped you out if he was in your lineup there. My top 10 tight end for the year, Cole Komet, 22 <laughs> fantasy points. Finally, finally, yeah. Cole Komet. He may be top 10 now after yeah. two touchdowns. <laughs> he might. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Two scores on the day against the Dolphins. Uh, man, Fluka for real? I don't know. I, 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 I want to say for real, I, I really like this. I think this is kind of what I don't, I, it's just, this isn't the offense. It's not a passing offense right now in Chicago. I, I mean, again, Justin Fields had 123 yards passing and yeah, he had three touchdowns and two of them went to Cole Komet. But I think, I think this offense is going to look similar to the Ravens. I think it's going to be Lamar Jackson in Chicago kind of situation. It's just running and running and running. And to quote the Manning cast from last night's game uh, with the Ravens and Saints, I think it's going to be an RRO option, a run run option. And it's just, is Justin Fields going to keep it or not? So <laughs> I want to say yes, but I think it's, I think it's a fluke just because they're run first team now. Yeah. I need to see one more week of it. Justin Fields had his most pass attempts in a game. On Sunday against the Dolphins, only just 28, 40 less than Patrick Mahomes did this week. <laughs> yeah. But Good the night. most pass attempts, you know, this this season so far for Justin Fields. I need to see one more week from Komet. Let's talk about a guy I'm excited about. Cordero Patterson is playing football again. 18.3 fantasy points. Fluke or for real? How? Yeah. Yeah, brother, for <laughs> real. Did you see him shoulder that guy on the that goal was awesome. line? That was so Just sick. Pancaked him like an adult man. I I did not realize how good he still is until this game on Sunday. I thought it was like, oh man, this mid thirty year old is hurt. He's not going to come back, uh, you know, super hot. Oh uh, yeah, he is. And 13 carries, 44 yards, not a lot, but for real, dude, for real. It's for real. I want to see him in the passing game a little more, but it is for real. A New York jet wide receiver, Garrett Wilson. No, not Elijah Moore, believe it or not. Still just Garrett Wilson in the good graces of Zach Wilson there. 17.9 fantasy points. Luke or for real. For real. Let's keep going. Come on. He's keep the it guy, up, Garrett. Huh? Let's do it. He's the number one option there. I love it. Yeah. Keep it up, buddy. Seems like it. Seems like it. I, you know, we'll see what happens with that offense. We will see what happens with that offense. I think, you know, as a, it, it feels a little bit like last year dolphins where it was like, you know what? We're winning and our quarterback isn't letting it up, but I'm happy. And that's enough for me. Right. And the Bills still can't beat the division. So I don't know what's going on here. Anyways, it's let's so move weird, on here. Man. Yeah, it's very strange. Darnell Mooney, though, 17.5 fantasy points. Fluker for real. Oddly enough, I would like to, I'm going to say for real, just because I think that he is the number one target for Justin Fields when he does decide to throw it. So 
I think I think you have a better shot of getting a touchdown through Darnell Mooney than you will with Cole Komet and even with Chase Claypool. So I I, I am willing to buy into that. Do you do you feel the same? I'm not sure. Like it's, it's same fair. sort of same sort of reasoning for Cole Komet is that it's like let's see the passing offense, but I'm 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 just not sure. I like the eight targets. I like the touchdown. I like even the rush. That was a cool opportunity for him there. Yeah, um, he's doing he's done it a couple of weeks in a row now. So that's why I'm I'm going to stand beside Darnell. Yeah, I remember I believe it was their game against the Vikings. But I said, you know, I think he's getting the targets. Like, I think he's a name that we can talk about picking back up again and having on rosters. I know it was a rough start for that offense. But yeah, I want to see a little more. I want to see a little more from the Bears offense. I want to see a little more from this next guy, Jeff Wilson Jr. too. My goodness, the new Miami Dolphin, 16.2 fantasy points in his Miami Dolphins debut. Fluker for real, Wes. It bothers me that I'm wanting to say for real because of how great Raheem Mostert has been. But yeah. when Jeff Wilson walks out with a higher snap count than Raheem Mostert yeah. after signing with it being traded to the team, like just a few days before that game, I mean, all right, I guess, I guess Mike McDaniel knows who he likes and will use them how he wants to. And it's, yeah, he had a good, he had a receiving touchdown that helped, but I mean, still nine carries, 51 yeah. yards. That's not bad. I mean, I'm yeah. not thinking like, yeah, he's a for sure starter, but I think you have possibly a good flex option. Yep, definitely. I'll talk about him a little bit more in just a second here. Last guy here for this positive section of Fluker for real. We got to figure this out. Kenyon Drake had a great game on Thursday night. Seemed to be kind of a bell cow. He had 24 carries for 93 yards and two touchdowns, two catches on two targets for 16, 24.9 fantasy points. Luker for real. I'm, I'm bothered by this because I really wanted to see Gus Edwards back, but then also J.K. Dobbins. May, I don't know. So I'm I'm bothered because I don't know what to do about this because I would like to believe that Kane Drake can do this, but I know Gus Edwards can also do this. And so is it just going to, are they going to cancel each other out? Or are we going to get a Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt thing? I feel like I have to say for real because 24 carries with Lamar Jackson as your quarterback is, yeah. is a real, I mean, that is, that is nothing to kid around about. That is not a lucky break for real and i'm upset because i i i let him go that's why it's personal i cut yeah. him from my fantasy team yeah you know us i'm gonna say fluke i'm gonna say fluke on this okay. and you know why i'm gonna say fluke on this is because i think john harbaugh realized he needed to do the smart thing and he needed to just run the ball and that's what I think that's what he's going to continue to do. And I don't think anyone would turn their head up at me saying that Gus Edwards is a better running back than Kenyon Drake. And I think when Gus Edwards is back, I think if the Ravens are leading in the game and that's what they need to do, they will go ahead and continue to run the football. And I think Gus Edwards hits those carries then. So, I mean, maybe for real, if we just replace Kenyon Drake with Ravens RB1. And then boom, there you go. Like this is for real for whoever is, <laughs> is toting the rock 24 times uh, in that, in that back. That makes me but, feel better. Thank yeah, you, but, Noah. But still, you always know I what to say. I got you, dude. Don't worry. As always, though, like I said, we got to get a little sad. We got to break down these rougher performances here. Just a few of them that we got to analyze, though. 
One of them is David Montgomery, 5.4 fantasy points, still 14 carries, 36 yards, two targets, one catch, and eight yards receiving. I've got my opinions about this, but Wes, I want to hear yours. What do you think, Fluker for real? Plain and simple, he's no longer the best ball carrier there on that offense. That's my take. Sure. Yeah, I'm wondering. I'm thinking and wondering here. As far as terms of David Montgomery versus Khalil Herbert, I think this is a fluke because I still think Montgomery, we see it in the carry totals. Montgomery had double the amount of carries as Khalil Herbert did. So even if it's a 65-35 split on carries or snaps or whatever, still going to take David Montgomery there over Khalil Herbert. But you are right in being that the same reason why a lot of us were like, I don't know about J.K. Dobbins. I don't know, like, if, or I don't know about, um, I don't know, about San Francisco running backs when Trey Lance was, you know, when Trey Lance was the guy or whatever. Like, it's, you know, a rushing quarterback takes away some value from the running backs, obviously. David Montgomery, I don't know. I've got, I've got to play him next week on one of my team in one of my leagues. He goes up against the Lions, who give up very many points to the running back position. I am hoping yeah. he falls into the end zone and saves a week and gives me just 12 points. That's all I'm hoping for. But. I guess you could be more strategical based on the defenses he's playing, but I'm I would still I, I think Justin Fields is taking over the backfield, also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have to see. I know. Dan Campbell is going to look at that performance and go, all right, well, I know what we need a game plan for. Here's what <laughs> right. we got to stop. We got to put three spies in the backfield. Yeah. yeah. We're all uh, going to watch 11 man spy. Nobody engage in anything. Just everyone watch <laughs> the quarterback. Yeah. Right. We'll have to see what happens there. A guy we talked about in the news segment, Aaron Jones, just 6.5 fantasy points. Again, this Packers offense just feels weird, but fluker for real Wes. It's, it, I'm I'm ready to say for real, and I'm ready to say that I, I don't think this will change. Yeah, it's part part of what made Aaron Jones such a great top ten running back the last few years is that he had incredible PPR value, and he could get into the end zone in the receiving game so often, and it was why he was part of this fantastic Packers offense for a few years with him and Adams and Rogers. And it was, they were this fantastic trio and without Devonte Adams, I feel I, it's just, nothing's happening there. And so I, I don't think this will ever change. And I don't even know if people would be willing to trade for him either. I think this is, I think you're stuck with a disappointing player for the rest of the season. I agree. He'll have his games like he did against the Bills. He'll have his games like he did against the Jets. It's it's you have to start him because you know who he is, but yeah, you have to. It's definitely not an exciting start to make, as most people were hoping for at the beginning of the season. Next guy here was lighting it up. Bit of a bummer the past two weeks. Josh Jacobs, 11.7 fantasy points. Fluker for real West. I'm 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 not calling this for real. This is a fluke. We have 17 carries, 17 carries. I mean, they were up by a lot. I get it. I think it was 17, nothing one point, maybe 21, seven, even against the Jaguars, but with the Raiders offense can't seem to score in the second half and the Raiders defense can't seem to stop anyone in the second half, but even still Josh Jacobs is on a team that has the potential to give him opportunities 
I'm still firing him up. Maybe this is your last opportunity or at least one of the last opportunities to go try and make a quick trade for Josh Jacobs. You know, trade deadlines are coming up for fantasy. I think if you want to, you know, package something nice to get one of the best running backs in fantasy this season, go for it. But yeah, 17 carries, 67 yards. I still like it. I still like it a lot. Yeah. Josh McDaniels sucks as a coach. This is true, uh, too. Yeah, don't forget that. And listen, (laughs) they were winning when Josh Jacobs was running the football a lot and doing really well. So maybe I'll go back to those ways there. Last guy here, Justin Herbert, 12.1 fantasy points. Hasn't had a 20-plus point game since week four, Wes. Fluke or for real? It's 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 a weird answer because there's no Keenan Allen or no Mike Williams. And I like what Joshua Palmer is doing, but I think this is this will continue to happen as long as he doesn't have his top two receivers. And I think that's just fair. Like who which quarterback is going to succeed when their top two receivers are down? Like exactly. It, I, I will say this is just this is also just a solemn concept because in the real NFL world, people were declaring Justin Herbert as a front runner for the MVP. And then during fantasy drafts, people were saying he is my number one option. I'm going to win fantasy just through Justin Herbert. And it's been an injury plagued season that has led to another 12 point performance for Justin Herbert. So it's just, it's, it's frustrating, but there's a reason. So maybe when these guys come back, you'll be able to, feel like you can win your games, but it's tough. It's tough going forward for the, for all Herbie Derby. Definitely tough going forward for Justin Herbert. It's been disappointing. It has been a hard going of it. And like I said earlier, just real quick, I don't want to overlook the fact that he's dealing with this rib cartilage injury over the last um, 10 weeks or eight weeks now, or whatever it may be. Um, But it's just gonna, it's, it's Yeah. It's tough when you don't have a ton of weapons and you're also battling injury. So definitely a tough time there. That's going to do it for fluke or for real Wes. We are going to crush out the last bit of this episode here. Jump into our waiver ads of the week. Wes hit me with your waiver ad of the week. Yeah, it's, it's at the point in the season where we're going to figure out who's worth snagging now that, you know, we're getting more bona fide players. Our rosters are starting to solidify. And you know who I think is also solidifying? You like that segue? I love Nicole it. Hardman of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. I think for the first half of the season, Patch Mahomes was right. We had to guess week after week what the Kansas City offense was going to look like in fantasy. First, I thought Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to finish as the top three running back. Not anymore. And Travis Kelsey is still doing Travis Kelsey things. But in other words, we're trying to figure out who was going to get the touchdown. Well, I think we don't have to guess as much anymore. I think there is kind of a system being formulated and solidifying in Kansas City. Here's the what looks like to be the top three options for Mahomes when he goes through his progression. Number one is Travis Kelsey. Then it's Juju Smith-Schuster. And now number three, it's McCole Hardman. I don't think MVS is involved anymore. In fact, the numbers say he's not. So first of all, when you look through Kelsey, he's the safety net. He's the red zone target. We all know what Kelsey's doing. He's number one in fantasy for tight ends. Juju Smith-Schuster is the first down option. But McCole Hardman is the big play threat. He has very subtly taken into that role that Tyreek Hill left 
He's not the same player as Tyreek Hill, but he has developed into the deep threat option. He leads the Chiefs in 25 plus yard plays. He's also wow. tied for most third for he's also so not tied for let me say this again. He's also tied for third most targets of any player in the NFL inside the 10 yard line. Mahomes is looking to him when they're going for the touchdown. And as we know, they're in the red zone a lot. So this is a significant amount of targets for someone that is on the highest scoring offense in the NFL. He's only watched in 36% of leagues. He even has a few carries. I mean, a couple of weeks back in week seven, he had two carries, two touchdowns. That potential is there as well. Basically, McCall Hartman is emerging as a very valuable threat in Kansas city and their offense is finding their identity in each of these three playmakers. If you need a wide receiver to cover a bye week or you need extra depth in the position or a potential flex option, I think Michael Harmon is going to prove to be a very, very valuable waiver wire ad. I agree. I like it. I, he was a guy that I was thinking about earlier in the season after his big game against the 49ers. Wasn't entirely sure if I was bought in. I'm bought in. He, he is continuing to be a guy that Patrick Mahomes looks to, that he is scoring touchdowns. He's doing really, really well. I'm excited to continue watching McCole Hardman do what he likes to do, which is make big plays and score touchdowns. I love it. I love yeah. him as a waiver wire. I think he needs to be a top priority this week. He is increasing in targets. He's had a touchdown in each of his last three games, including Sunday night. He is he is worth it. He's he's a fantastic option. Noah, let me hear your your you you alluded to him earlier. I won't remind them who who you said, but you'll remind us who your waiver wire ad is. Yeah, my top waiver ad for this week is Jeff Wilson Jr. And, and and you know, I think a lot of people will probably think in that way. New running back for the Miami Dolphins, only rostered in 44.6% of leagues. And that may be due to Christian McCaffrey because when he got traded, I think a lot of people just dropped Jeff Wilson. But Listen, I'll be the first one to say I'm shocked that he got as much work as he did in the game against the Chicago Bears. But it, I mean, when you think about it, it makes sense, right? Same schemes he's known from McDaniel being the run game coordinator in San Francisco, just dressed up with a little bit of Miami flair. And Jeff Wilson is loving it. He's loving the aqua and orange. He's loving it here in Miami, scoring a touchdown in his debut. Finished the day with 72 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown on just 12 touches out touching Raheem Mostert 12 to nine and out snapping Raheem Mostert 28 to six. It seems like it's going to be a bit of a committee backfield. And I think that's fine because with where you were using Mostert, he probably wasn't your RB one or RB two. Uh, and so if you're bummed out about, you know, Mostert's going to lose a little value. Sure. But I think it can still be a flex play, but I think Jeff Wilson does need to be rostered here. Like I said, it's going to be a committee, which is a bit of a shock because I was thinking this is going to be a safety net for Mostert, and Mostert earns this, has earned this job. Mostert's still going to get his. Jeff Wilson's going to get his, but it is a welcome shock at that. Go snag Jeff Wilson off waivers and be confident in him as a reliable flex play in just a killer offense, high-powered offense. I think Jeff Wilson can, uh, can elevate some teams going into the playoffs. I'm thankful for the Raheem Mostert owners that it wasn't a complete uh, handoff over to Jeff Wilson after that touchdown mm-hmm. and, and just the way that they used him and how he hit a great diving touchdown for that reception. So I think he, they're both involved. I think it is a surprising committee, and I do think it's now or never to go grab him off the waiver. Definitely. 
definitely time to do so, and you need to do it now. Let's do a little bit of Thursday night preview as we wrap up the show. Wes, must starts, risky starts, and don't starts. Who is our must start for you for Thursday night football Falcons at the Panthers? Bro, start DJ Moore. I'm ready. Mm. I'm ready. Revenge. No more penalties. <laughs> no more stupid helmet decisions. Look, he's been fantastic for the past few weeks. We were let down on Sunday, but that game was an embarrassment all around. All right. So I'm not buying into that four point performance. They were down 35 to nothing at the halftime. Despite having just two catches and six targets, there's something to hang your hat to on that. I mean, we still expected more production, but I think we can still look at that and know, okay, in this ridiculous blowout game, we can know that there's still the last two weeks potential going forward. And we know what DJ Moore can be with PJ Walker. He wasn't anything with Baker Mayfield. Now he is here. And that's also because CMC has left. I think DJ Moore is their top option in the offense. And just a reminder, Weeks eight and seven, he averaged 23 and a half points per game. Yeah. So there is a really, really, really good wide receiver too here. And I'm so confident in this because the Falcons are also a bottom 10 in, in passing. Listen to this. I'm going to, we just got the halfway point of the season. Here's a fresh one for you. Mark my words, Noah. Mm. DJ Moore puts up at least 19 points on Thursday. Wow. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. It'll be a little, a little short game. Mark my words. I'm a fan. I like yeah. it. I'm excited to see if that pans out for you on Thursday night football West. Excited to watch another man. Hopefully this Thursday night game is going to be as good as the last matchup between the Falcons and Panthers, because that was a killer game as well. I'm excited for it. And uh, we might see some new faces that we didn't see two weeks ago, Wes. That's true. That is true. I, I will say that DJ Moore's got a grudge. I think he's pissed. He's pissed. And I'm just be, I'm building into that emotion as well. So, no, tell me who your uh, must start is. Yeah, my must start's going to be one of those fresh faces that we saw just this past week. One that didn't play, that didn't get to jump into the fun of this Falcons-Panthers matchup two weeks ago. But it's Cordero Patterson. You got to start him on Thursday night this week. Listen, he came back from IR this week, wasted no time earning his way back into fantasy lineups. He was the top fantasy scorer for the running out of the running backs this past week, despite both he and Tyler Algier playing 38% of snaps each. Patterson rewarded those patiently awaiting his return with two touchdowns, putting up 18.3 fantasy points. Good for RB7 on the week. He's averaging 15.4 fantasy points per game this season. Good for RB13 on a points per game basis. Listen, regardless of snap share, what you know, regardless of what we saw, you know, Algier getting in the passing game, regardless of all of that, we saw what Patterson can do with a minimal workload. And I expect him to have a great night on Thursday against the Panthers who were giving up 23.8 fantasy points per game before the Joe Mixon explosion this past week. I am excited to watch Cordero Patterson play on Thursday night against the Panthers. He's going to crush it. That's just plain and simple. He's going to, I'm excited. 
I'm, I mean, I love the, the stats too. I love knowing just how the Panthers have been and against the rush or really how they haven't been against the rush and Cordero Patterson and just how he's been to the start of the season, but he's going to blow people up, man. I want to see him shoulder someone like he did on the goal line. I I'm firing it. I've only got him in one league. Thankfully someone dropped him when he was on IR and I'm firing him up. I'm looking forward to getting a, a big head start on Thursday from Cordero Patterson. Yeah, me too. I actually, uh, Wes, I, real quick on this, I uh, I made a trade on the Saturday before before uh, Sunday games, and I traded away Jonathan Taylor. This is the faith oh. I have. I traded away Jonathan Taylor for Cordero Patterson and Mike Williams, and <laughs> I sounds- and I upgraded. I upgraded I, that's my the running backs. Weird thing. Cordero Patterson scored more touchdowns on Sunday, scored double the touchdowns on Sunday <laughs> than Jonathan Taylor has all year. Oh, no. I upgraded. I upgraded at running back. I'm a stand by at Cordero Patterson. Lock him in for Thursday I'm sitting night. behind you. You made Thank an you. upgrade. I get Thank it. Thank you very much. JT's a I'm bust. excited for it. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Wes, who's risky? Who's risky for Thursday night? I, I think it's a risk to start Dante Foreman. I think Foreman can be a reliable option. With a safe floor, I think we are hoping as the starting running back of a football team, we would like to feel confidence in that. But he kind of came crashing back to earth on Sunday after landing our hyped up segment over 30 points. He was fantastic. And even the week before against the Bucks, he had, you know, double digit points off of half the carries while Chuba Hubbard was there. Now, I know it feels risky after an extremely disappointing four point performance, but I think the risk is worth taking. Dante Foreman only had seven carries on Sunday. Again, for the same reason I said about DJ Moore, they were down by 35 points at the half. They're not going to run it. The rushing game was completely abandoned at that point, understandably. Prior to that, he averaged 20 carries per game, though, against the Bucks and the Falcons, 20 carries per game and exactly 118 rushing yards in each of those games. Aside from what Foreman did against the Falcons, the Falcons defense are allowing the ninth most point to running backs. That's 19 points per game. And they're allowing the fifth most touchdowns to a running back. Even if Chuba Hubbard plays, I think this risk reward is worth it and will likely end up in a reward. I think it's a risk just knowing of that fall, but I think you got a shot to get some valuable points with Dante Foreman. I agree. I'm I'm all, I'm all in on that. Dante Foreman had, like we talked about a little earlier, two great weeks before just what is this uh, terrible game for the Panthers against a insane Joe Mixon led Bengals team. So I'm I'm bought in on Dante Foreman. If you got him, you are starting him, and you and, and I mean you call him a risky start, Wes. He, he might have been a must start for me, but this this is the risk reward here you know there's a chance maybe just cutting because coming off a, a bit of a disappointing week but we are instilling confidence here Dante uh, Foreman, yes Dante uh, Foreman borderline you know riding that line of risky start must start risky because it was a little bit of a letdown last week but yeah no I'm I'm locking I, I like him and I'm locking him in anywhere I have him great okay you got it you understand what I'm saying there's only yeah. a risk because he didn't do well last week but I think we have confidence in his future who's your risky yeah. start for this Thursday night Noah yeah, it's the it's the Hawaiian Oregon man, Marcus Mariota, quarterback for the Falcons. Mariota's QB twelve on the season. 
And that's no doubt just due to his rushing ability. He has finished with 18 fantasy points or more in three of his last five games. And this Thursday he plays the Panthers. Like we're talking about who he just put up 22.4 fantasy points on two weeks ago. It's a bit of an interesting week for bye weeks and there's not very many good quarterbacks out there on the waiver wire. So if you need to replace Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow, or maybe you play with smart people who Justin Fields isn't rostered or isn't, you know, on the waiver wire, he's still less than 50% rostered, which is ridiculous here. But, um, <laughs> you know, anything from there besides that, Mariota could be a good streamer for you at the uh, at the quarterback position there for the Falcons. If, uh, you know, the only reason he wouldn't be my top streaming quarterback this week is if you were in a league where Fields was on the board. But if you are not in a league where Fields is available – I think Mariota is the top streaming quarterback this week if you need to fill in for a bye week for Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow. It's what we were talking about on our last episode when we were just going over the midseason review and checking what our rankings were and comparing the quarterbacks and seeing that Mariota ended up as a top 10 by that point. Not anymore. He's QB 12, but it's just the ground game. And that's kind of what we were, we were referencing with Justin Fields. A rushing yard is worth more than a passing yard. A rushing touchdown is worth more than a passing touchdown. And so Mariota will run it. And who is he going to throw to over there? Nobody's doing anything. Kyle Pitts is the most frustrating human on the planet. So I think there's a shot that Mariota pulls off, you know, a surprising 15 plus upside in this game. I like it. Yep. Definitely. Wes, tell me who you're not starting. On that very note. Oi, bruv. Hey, bruv. I'm not, <laughs> gonna, I'm not starting Drake London, no. No, no. way. No way, I'm not going to start Drake <laughs> London. You kidding? You got your, your knickers. You bloody crazy. <laughs> Look, Drake London, okay, first, first three weeks, hot off the press. Loved him. Yeah. He was awesome. I looked at his stats. He averaged over eight targets per game, 71 yards, and had two touchdowns in the first three games. Pretty great debut. Since week four, he's averaging five targets a game, 25 yards per game, and he hasn't scored since. The worst part is he's even led the team in targets four of those six games so this means that no one is even emerging and they're taking over in the passing game. No, no. This just means that he's their best option and he's still averaging only five points a game. I don't like what has happened to Drake London. And for I'm just not going to start him until further notice. I'm out on Drake London. I'm not starting him. I don't care what you think of the Panthers passing defense. I'm not starting Drake London. Maybe ever again. I'm disappointed. I'm hurt. I'm over it. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's been disappointing to see Drake London fall off, but this offense has just really established itself as just a, this extremely run heavy offense. And that leads to him. Just this opportunities are limited based off of how little they're passing it. And when they do, you know, it's just not happening there for Drake London. So yeah, keep him on your bench. I agree, Wes. Yeah. And even with Patterson back, I mean, Forget it. Right. It's just going to be all the Patterson show. That's why here's your must start. And on that note, who's your don't start? Yeah, don't start Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I don't have anything to say. Just don't start him. That's it. That's the fastest <laughs> don't start in, in Fourth of Troll history. Don't start Kyle Pitts. 
Don't care. He's he is. Yep. Nope. Yeah. Go ahead and start. Go ahead and start. Uh, Jawan Johnson over Kyle Pitts. If you want to go ahead and do that. Uh, anyways, that's going to be all the time we have for this episode. <laughs> Wherever you're listening, we'd appreciate it. If you give the episode five stars and write something funny in the review. So we can give you a shout out next time. We're on social media everywhere at fourth and troll and on Facebook at fourth and troll fantasy. Look out for our mascot, Tidy the Troll, and make him smile by giving us a follow and joining us next time, every Tuesday and Friday. I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And this has been 4th and Troll Fantasy. Yeah.